phrase. And this morning, I really want to bring just an encouraging word. It's not a, you know, this is not expository preaching. It's really just an encouraging word this morning at the start of the year that some of us need reminding of. I suspect most, if not all of us, need reminding of this. And the text that I'm going to use is in Jeremiah. We're all very, most of us will be very familiar with it. Just one verse, Jeremiah 29, 11. And it says simply this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. And that's a great start right at the very beginning because it's not just anyone saying it, it's not just me saying it, but it's God himself who says, I know the plans that I have for you. And we could end right there uh, because in that alone we can have draw, draw confidence that God knows the plans. God knows the plans for you, Anthony. God knows the plans for you, Jim. God knows the plans for you, Moira. God knows the plans for our life. Plans, plans for our welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. And that is an encouraging word. I mean, if you don't, if nothing else, just be encouraged by that simple uh, text, Jeremiah 29, 11. If you're watching online, maybe meditate, maybe it's, you're unfamiliar with it, then meditate on it and get that into your souls. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for the welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And uh, the person speaking about this is a, 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 an Old Testament prophet called Jeremiah. And Jeremiah, as he, uh, when he spoke these words, weren't just saying them on you know, what he thought. Jeremiah was speaking the word of God. In other words, he was prophesying. That's what prophecy is. It's when we believe we hear the word of God and we simply say what God is saying. And Jeremiah says, for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord. And that is an encouraging verse, isn't it? Thank you, Jill. That is an an encouraging verse to know that God has a plan for him. It tells us immediately that we are not without purpose, that we are not wandering aimlessly, but God himself, the creator of the universe, the one who spoke and things that were not came into being, that God has a purpose for for us, and we can feel instantly reassured. We can have a sense of confidence knowing that God, God has got our back, He's got our front, and He's got our sides. Glory to God. Yeah. God has a plan for us. It should bring relief to our tired and weary souls knowing that God has good plans for us. Everyone say, good plans. Because he has, God has not just good plans, God has great plans for us and some of them are still to be revealed. And again this morning we heard from, we were reminded from Brad uh, that we're going to fight, uh, many of us, all of us probably this year are going to have something or, or troubles that we have to deal with. And every single one of us are going to need a fresh sense of revelation to see what God is doing in the midst of our trouble. Again, I love the communion um, table because it reminds us 
again, you know, the taking off and the covering, it reminds us of that which was once hidden is now revealed. And God has more revelation for every single one of us in this coming year. If we are expectant, if we are looking, if we are expecting God to work in the midst of our circumstances, whatever those circumstances might be, if we come with hearts of expectancy, then likewise we can expect God in his goodness to bring that revelation, to unveil our eyes that we might see what he is doing in our lives. You see, long before we were conceived by our parents, we were conceived in the heart of God. Long before it was man or, you know, man's desire to have, have us, to give birth to us, God had conceived us in his heart. And it's absolutely true that God wants the very best for us. But we need to understand that God's best sometimes doesn't always align with what we think is good for us. How many of us know that? Sometimes we have those moments where God is working and God is always working for our good because the scriptures tell us that. But we look at the situation and we're not quite sure what God is doing and we think, God, you could do it a better way. There is a better way, God. You know, this is not helping me in any way. But it says that God is always working for our good. And so those moments when we, when we look at the natural circumstances and we think everything's going belly up, pear-shaped or whatever, we need to remind ourselves of what it says in Jeremiah 29.11. We need to remind ourselves that God knows the plans that he has for us. And what? That they are, these are plans not to uh, bring us down, not to cause us to fail, but actually they are plans for our welfare and for our good. Yeah. And we need to remind ourselves of that from time to time. When Jeremiah made this statement, Babylon, I mean, or rather Israel was not in a good place. The nation of Israel were, were in captivity. Things probably couldn't get any worse. They'd been over, they'd been invaded and taken in, into captivity. And yet God in the midst of this difficult circumstance speaks these words of encouragement. And I want to say as well that whatever your circumstances, you might be in your Babylon. You might be in a place that in your thinking is not ideal. You might be in a place where it's difficult, it's hard, and you're wondering, how am I going to get through it? Well, God speaks to you in the circumstance of your life. And God continues to say, for I know the plans I have for you, plans for your welfare and for your good. The circumstance does not determine or change the character and the nature of God. God makes a statement and as God says it, it shall come to pass. God is unchanging. The circumstances change around us. Relationships change around us. But God remains consistent, constant and true. Hallelujah. And we need to know that even in natural life, um, we, we demand a little bit of consistency you know that if you are in a circumstance and you're uncertain about what, what the individual is going to say, how they're going to behave, what's going to happen, it brings a little anxiety. Well, it does to me. 
and all of us like to know that actually um, when someone says something, or we, we like to know what's going to happen um, because it brings a sense of peace. And we can be absolutely confident that as God has spoken, because God has revealed his character in this word uh, uh, called the Bible, and God does not change. If God says it, God will do it. Because, as I've said uh, many, many times, God's word is his character. He can't do anything else except what he says he will do. Because God's word is his character. And so we know how God will respond. And no doubt there's been times in our life when, you know, we, we've looked at circumstance and we, and, you know, maybe like the Babylonians in the midst of their captivity when God speaks this word to them. And maybe, I've no doubt some of them might have looked around and said, really God? Really, this is the best you've got for us? In the midst of all of this, you, you say, you know, for I know the plans I have for you in the midst of all that is going on, in the midst of captivity and oppression. This is really the very best you've got for us. But God's ways are not our ways, and we know that. And when we look uh, a bit further back in that same text, we see God asking them to do something that is almost counterintuitive you know it goes against human nature remember here are the Israelites in captivity God is speaking a word of encouragement to them for I know the plans I have for you but when we go back a few verses to verse 5 he doesn't tell them he doesn't say well you're in captivity look rise up overpower your enemies I'll be with you and you know everything will be good again that's what our natural instinct instinct might tell us or or perhaps if we were God and we were writing out the plan for the nation, that's what we would have done. We would have said, right, well, I'm going to come in power. You're going to rise up. There's going to be a, a, a revolution. You're going to overpower your captives and you're going to become free. But that's not what God says. Verse 5, instead, God says, in the midst of your circumstance, he says, build houses. He says, plant gardens, eat the produce of your labors, get married, have children. And if that isn't enough, God then says in verse 7, he says, and pray for your captors. Pray for the city where I have sent you into exile. Why? Because he says, if they prosper you too will prosper. And it's great that we align ourselves, and it's right and proper that we align ourselves wherever you are, um, whatever town, whatever city you are, and it's right and proper that we align ourselves with other saints in the town to pray for our towns and our cities. Because if, if as God says, if they prosper, then we prosper. Actually, I believe that we as the people of God, the bringers of hope, I, I think that actually the fact that our presence is in a town should actually influence and cause the town to prosper. Yeah. We should be a, an influence for good. But God says, pray for your captors because if they prosper, you will prosper. But it's not just about praying for our captors or praying for those that will oppress us. 
Because I think fundamentally or foundationally, what God is telling us in this text is very simply that sometimes we can't always see what he's doing. There are situations and circumstances when we're not always aware what he is doing. But he reminds us that he is always working for our welfare and, and for our good. And so we perhaps need to have that um, uh, as a banner, if you like, in, in our spiritual sight, that in those moments when we are very uncertain about what God is doing, when we, we think, actually, God, there is a better way. Lord, I don't understand it. Understand it. I can't discern what you're doing. I'm wondering, Lord God, where are you in the midst of my circumstance? It does us well to remember that God is working for our welfare and for our good. And so what we ought to be doing is maybe praying for revelation and, uh, and, uh, you know, that God would give us spiritual insight that we might see his heart and see the plans that he has for us. God has a plan for every single one of us. And as we come into 2023, or at the start of 2023, some of you may be a little uncertain. I don't know, maybe some of you watching this online, maybe you're uncertain about your future. You're not sure what the year will bring. But in the midst of all the uncertainty, every single one of us needs to know this, that you are here, that you are loved, and that God is a good God. You're here, you are loved, God is a good God, and that should be enough. We're not going to understand everything. We're not going to know everything, but the word reminds us that God is a good God. God. God is always working for our welfare and for our good. Plans to prosper us, plans uh, not to harm us, but for our welfare. And we need to know that in the midst of the circumstance, when we're uncertain, when we can't see, when we're struggling to see how God is working for our good, we need to remember that. Again, maybe as you come into the start of the year, some of you maybe have, have thought, entered it thinking, oh, not another year. I don't know if I can go through another year. Well, again, I want to encourage you. You're still here. And if you're still here, God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. You're not, you're not surplus to requirements in the economy of God. And you are still here you are loved, hear this, you are loved, and God is a good God. Hallelujah. Can someone say amen? amen. God is a good God. He is working for our good. The Bible doesn't teach us that if we come to Jesus, everything uh, you know, runs well, everything goes sweetly. It doesn't tell us that if we put our trust and our faith in Jesus that we're never going to have any more problems. It doesn't say that. But what it does say is that God's plans for us are good. 
the difficulties that we face, the issues that, we're going, that, we, that, that are yet to encounter us in this year. They might not be easy, but listen, God weeps. Those things that hurt us, God weeps over. It breaks God's heart, those things that hurt us. But God is such a good God that he knows that he doesn't just, it, it, it doesn't benefit us to just take us out of those difficult circumstances because God knows that it's in the midst of those difficult circumstances that actually it begins to shape our hearts and bring us more into the likeness of Jesus. How many of us know, as, as we look back over our lives, how many of us can see retrospectively that it's actually in the most difficult, the hardest, the most demanding times of our life that, that are those moments when we, came, we drew closer to Jesus. Because God uses those difficult moments to shape our hearts so that we can grow more into the lightness of Jesus. So don't negate those difficult times. You know, again, as we were, we were reminded, God has prepared a table for us. We simply need to rest in him and ask him to reveal to us by Holy Spirit that which he has set before us um, in the midst of our uh, trials, uh, temptations, and our troubles. And so... Understanding that, understanding that God is a good God, I want us to think, you know, about what is really important. God says that he has a plan and a purpose for us, but what is really important in your life right now? What are the things that you're prioritizing and giving uh, resource, effort, uh, and energy to? What is your principal purpose here on the earth. Thomas Carlyle said, a man without purpose is like a ship without a rudder, a waif, a nothing, a no man. And Rick Warren, he said, nothing matters more than knowing God's purpose for your life. Nothing can compensate for not knowing them. And because um, there's a sense of purpose. Because we live with a sense of purpose, perhaps um, absent from knowing that God has a purpose for us, you, you might have set your own agenda, I don't know. But if we live in the knowledge that God has a purpose for us, whatever our sense of purpose is, that sense of purpose will inform us and drive us and shape us and those and it will give us our priorities not just for this year but it will take us beyond in it uh, well into our future those things that we consider to be um the things of most worth the things that give us our purpose are the things that ultimately will drive and shape us it's our purpose that decides or determines how we spend our years, how we spend the months, how we spend the days, the hours, the minutes, the seconds. It's our purpose that determines how we live, you know, from this moment on until we draw our last breath. Listen, I don't know where you are. 
I know where some of you are, but I don't know, you know, for those of you online, I've, I perhaps don't know you. I don't know what your situation is. But listen, if your purpose, if your purpose in life is simply to get stuff, to do stuff uh, that needs doing, to make money, to put food on the table, to enjoy life, I want to say that's a pretty short-sighted way of living life. Because a life like that has no regard at all for eternity. And again, the Bible tells us that God has planted in the heart of men and women eternity. We are created for eternity, not just for the here and now, but we are created for eternity. And so if we are living just for, you know, to do stuff now, to get stuff, to make money, it's a short-sighted life. And it's so, it's short, so short-sighted that it's a life that will end when our last heartbeat comes. God has a purpose for both you and I in 2023. He has a purpose because before we were conceived, he knew the plans that he had for us. And that has not changed. That has not changed. At the start of the year, each one of us, I hope, are coming, you know, coming before God and saying, Lord, what is it you want for? What is it you want me to achieve in this year? What is it you want me to do uh, this year? What is, what is it you want me to um, do as uh, you know, I go into the future? And Jesus, if you like, gives us some clues or a clue. Well, actually, I don't think, he, in fact, he gives us more than a clue. Jesus actually tells us what our priorities should be. He tells us what our purpose in life should be when he was asked about which commandment is the greatest commandment, you know, all 613 of them in the, in the Old Testament. A religious leader asked him, what is the most important commandment? And Jesus said this, recorded in Mark 12, 29-31. He says, the most important is, hear, O Israel, and we can put our names in there, hear, O Karen, hear, O Mandy, hear, O Bob's, hear, O Jill, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. You want to know what the priority for 2023 is? It's to love Jesus. Amen. To love him, to learn to love him with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. And I'm speaking to myself here as well. Jesus said there is nothing greater, nothing greater than to know uh, and to love him. And so if that's true, and it's not if it's true, it is true because Jesus has said it. Let's imagine for a moment what, what our lives might look like if we began to live in accordance with that. Let's imagine for a moment what our lives would look like if our purpose became to love Jesus, 
with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our strength. Imagine for a moment what your life would be like. Imagine how different your life would be. What, what would change if we lived with this as our purpose, to love Jesus. One of the things that I've found in my, my life, and I'm sure it's true in yours as well, is that unless um, there is a change in my heart, then nothing else changes. You know, I can, again, start of the year, all those New Year resolutions, like Brad and like probably many of you, I gave up making New Year's resolutions years ago because we say we will do things and then, you know, we, we get sort of, what, two hours into the New Year and it gets really difficult. And then we, 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 we struggle and so we think, I can't do this and we abandon it, we throw it off, we cast it off and we give up. And there are people here today that are living their lives, are wondering what 2023 is going to be like because you're finding it difficult. But we don't change just by saying we'll do it. There has to be a change of heart. And only Jesus can do that. Only Holy Spirit can do that. Listen to what it says in Luke 6.45. It says, The good person out of the good treasure in his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. And there are many people, perhaps in the hearing and listening today, where your life is not going how you want it to go. It's not going in the right direction. You're finding it difficult. You're struggling, but you don't know what to do. You don't know how to change your direction. You don't know how to um, um, get rid of those things that cause you angst and concern. But very, very simply... I want to encourage you this morning to allow Jesus to change your heart. Because when Jesus changes our heart, Jesus gives us the new purpose for living. This is a new year, new you. What a great opportunity to make a difference. Jesus is the one who changes our lives, changes our hearts, and changes our purpose. He's the one, Holy Spirit is the one who enables us to do that which Jesus said is the most important, to learn to love him with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our strength. Because when we allow Jesus in, he is the one that sets our agenda. He's the one who gives us that new purpose for living. You see, God is a God that loves new beginnings. 
the gospel message is all about new beginnings, the fact that the old has gone and the new has come, the fact that we can be something different. The gospel message is all about that, that we can be new creations. God is a God of new beginnings. God is the God who makes our past mistakes and all those things that weigh us down. He's the one that cancels it and makes those things irrelevant. He's the one who is able to forgive every single thing, every wrong thing that we have done when we come before him with a humility and recognize and acknowledge our need of him. When we admit that we've messed up, we've tried it on our own and we actually need him. He's the one who brings forgiveness. He's the one who wants to give us a fresh start. And this fresh start that Jesus himself talks about is not a vague promise. It's something that God himself has said. Remember 29, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for your welfare, not for your evil, to give you a what? A future and a hope. Hallelujah. You see, I don't know where you are. Maybe, you, maybe you're ready to check out now. Maybe life has got, got, just got a little bit too hard for you and you're ready to pack it in. I want to introduce you um, or, or invite you to get to know the one who will give you a new life, the one who has stated that his intention is to give you a future and a hope. And our hope is in Jesus. Glory to God. A change of heart, a change of heart is really what we all need. All of us need to learn how to love Jesus with all our heart, all our strength, all our being. And there is an opportunity. Um, you'll be aware from the, um, our advertising that we will be starting a new course. It's a, it's a you know, 16-week course. Straight away, something you're 16 weeks or Remember, you know, if we want to change something, we have to change our hearts. And it doesn't come easy. It doesn't come without cost. And our walking in the spirit course, I want you to consider right at the start of the year, determining in your heart and your mind that you're going to commit to this. You're going to commit to learning how to become more intimate with our Father. Learning how to hear his voice. Learning how to walk with him learning how to love him more. You see, unless we make that commitment, then we will be just like so many people where we're determined to do it, we say we're going to do it, but then very, very quickly we cast it off, we forget about it, we put it aside, and there's a repeated pattern. How many people are going to start something again this year that they started at the beginning of last year and probably started at the beginning of the year before. 
But nothing really changes unless we change our heart. And we need to know that God has a plan and only God himself has the power, only God himself has the will to bring us into a place where his plan, his purposes can be fulfilled and worked out in and through us. God says he, his plans are for our welfare, not for our evil, to give us a future and a hope. Only God can bring us into that. Again, James 1.12 says this, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. So here's the encouragement to make the decision to stick with it and to see what God will do. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who, what? Those who love him. And right there is the word for us today. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord God, that, Father, we would just get hold of what you're saying by your spirit. I pray, Lord God, that even now, Lord, you would put a, a, a resolve in us, Lord, to want to know you more. I pray, Father God, that you would equip us, that you would empower us, Lord, to set aside those things that take us away from you and, uh, and distract us and keep us impotent and, and powerless. Lord God, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would do something in the body, in us as a people, that will take us into a deeper relationship with you, increased intimacy, that we might know your voice, uh, uh, discern your voice, Lord God, and enter fully into the plans and purposes that you have for us in this coming year. God has a plan for us, a plan for our welfare not to harm us, a plan for our good, a plan for the rest of our lives. God's plan is not just transitory, it's not temporary. God has a long-term plan, an eternal plan for our welfare and for our good. And I want to encourage you, don't let the devil plant weeds around God's seed. Don't let the enemy rob you of what God is speaking to you about this morning. Don't let, you know, don't walk out of here and say, oh, that was, you know, that was a, a nice message or otherwise, you know, but... You know, don't walk out of here and then just put it, cast it aside and just go back to living the way that you were living before because God has a plan for your welfare, for your good. And I want to finish with this. Psalm 27, verse 13 to 14 says this. And this is actually, could actually be a declaration uh, for us into the year. Psalm 27 Verse 13 and 14. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Yeah. Thank you. Hallelujah. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for your welfare and for your good. Hallelujah. Praise God.